Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. I'm Iris and you're tuned in to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. Um, first, I'd just like to give an acknowledgement of country. We're broadcasting on the lands of the Kulin Nations, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples. I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present and future. Indigenous sovereignty was never ceded. Genocide and colonization is still ongoing and no treaty has ever been signed. I'd also like to pay my respects to any indigenous listeners listening in today. Um, yeah, and I'm coming from uh, the standpoint of a white non-indigenous person here on radio. Um, as well, for the so in terms of today's show, I have got a few very exciting things coming up for you, listeners. I have um, at least one interview, and I'm going to talk about some protests that have that have happened over the weekend. So stay tuned for that. So the first interview I have for you is an interview with Aleta Mountain. I had the pleasure of interviewing. Aleta Mountain, she's a Bunjalong sister girl, also known as Liz Moore Lily, and I interviewed her over the phone recently on her fights for justice against this racist and trans hating prison system and her important fundraiser, which I encourage anyone with some spare dollars, just, yeah, please dig in and donate to her. She's such a generous person and deserves support. So I'm just going to play the interview. I met a letter at the LGBTIQ Women's Conference that was held a few weeks ago. How did you find the conference? Um, I found that conference very embracing. I met a lot of lovely people, a lot of lovely women there that I thought that I wouldn't meet before. Um, and I did a lot of speeches. So I, I, I found it very interesting being there in Melbourne my first time and meeting up with all the beautiful people and talking about different situations. Yeah, you're really awesome. Thanks for giving so much to that conference. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, <clears throat> my name's Elita Adelaide Manton. Um, I was born in 1987 in a place called Lemon Tree Touches, New South Wales. Um, we then moved to Ballina, New South Wales, where at 10 years old, I lost the only woman I ever loved. That was my grandmother. Mm. And the week that I lost my grandmother, I put a dress on and I didn't take it off. Mm. Um, a part of me knew that when she was gone, that like, cause I, I loved my grandmother, but I was scared of my father. So when I knew my grandmother had gone, that I knew I was safe that I could sort of run out of my closet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I am. Um, I was also the first transgender in the world to ever be accepted into Straight Girls Homes on Parramatta Road after being savagely hurt in a boys' homes called Cobham in the back of Sydney. Mm. So this was in the 90s? Yeah, this was in the 90s, darling, yeah. Mm. So I, I, I've been through a bit, but um, I've always learned to turn my negative into positive positivity. Mm. So what I can do now to sort of talk about jail and talk about um, how I felt being young in the system and that there's been no justice and mm. for black deaths in custody, not only black deaths in custody, um, Caucasian deaths in custody also and trans deaths in custody because we matter too at the end of the day. We're, you know, mm. we're, we're, we're family too. We're someone's yeah. daughter. We're someone's granddaughter, we're someone's sister, and we're loved, we're someone's auntie. So at the end of the day, we're someone, and, and we deserve a good chance, regardless if, if we're in jail or not. Mm. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Um, on that, could you talk to the ongoing injustice of particularly black deaths in custody? Um, yes, I can do that. Um, the percentage of Black deaths in custody at the moment are very dangerous, especially in Indigenous communities with trans sister girls and um, non-trans sister girls and brother boys that are dying in the system also. Mm. Um, I, I will tell you a little bit about my best friend Paris. I think you heard about her yes. in the conference. Yeah, I did hear I about... I want to put my message out there to everyone that, you know... Um, the Paris was my best friend mm. and I was in the cell next to her and she died a very horrible death and there's mm. been no injustice, there's been no justice for Paris. Mm. Um, so I just want to put that message out there that it's yeah. not okay to put our girls in male systems where they're being slaughtered, mm. um, where they're being disrespected, you, you know, raped and bashed. There's got to be a better solution out there to um, help our sister girls that are in the system mm. and our brother boys, even if we can get a jail to help them both there, you know. Mm. Mm. would be much easier and I'd be much more at peace than darling because I know job well done, I've done something good. Yeah. Um, I suppose for listeners, you're talking about Veronica Paris. Baxter. Yes, um, I'm, I'm talking about Veronica yeah. Baxter, Paris. She died in um, MRRC Metropolitan Remand Centre at Silverwater in Sydney. Yeah. Um, that was back in 2000 and I can't remember yeah. when, but it was back in 2000 sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, amazing girl just a horrible way that she went. I was in the cell next to her and they had to put a sheet over my head to cover me because they didn't want me to see the state that she was in. And when I, because of curiosity, killed the cat, as it always does, and I lifted the sheet off my head and I seen my sister tied to the back end of the bed. Now, to this day, I don't understand how she could have tied herself to the back end mm. of the bed. And that's why I go hell for leather for black deaths in custody, because this this is happening. This is happening to our people. This is happening to our sisters. 
and this 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 injustice needs to stop. You know, it needs to be better for all of us to live equally, because at the end of the day, we're all equal. We all bleed the same. Yeah, that's very true. It's a gross injustice how Harris was murdered by the state. Um, and on prison, someone who could speak to how like inhumane the prison system is. Like this is one example we could speak Very more about. Very inhumane, where the girls, a lot of the girls, are working in there, you know, and doing tricks for things that usually they don't do. Mm. But the jail system, so hard. and it's just not only the the inmates; it's the actual screws that are doing it too to us girls. Yeah. You know, and then some of them men are married. So, and that's that's pretty horrible to think, you know. That's very horrible to think. That's happening to our girls in there. It's not only the the male inmates doing it; it's actually the screws that are doing it to them too. Yeah. Because I, I I sort of know I've seen it. I've I've seen it. You know, they've tapped at my door a few times. Mm. And it's not good. Sometimes you just got to sort of ride with it. Shut your mouth. That's what it's all about these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like these prisons, they sort of destroy communities. Could you speak to how difficult it is, how isolated you are in terms of prisons? It's very difficult because sometimes in a lot of prisons, our hormones are denied from us and we don't have proper access to the medications that we need on an ongoing basis, they um, they sort of strip us from that and won't let us take them, thinking that it's okay to do that. Um, so then we've got to sort of start a little fighting process where a lot of our girls that are in rural and um, rural communities in jail systems that they have the proper access to the hormones that they need to access. Mm. And access to other things like girls' clothes and you know, because they've, they've already de-womaned them by putting them in a man's jail for how far do they want to go. Yeah. You know, they should have the right to, to walk around in, in, in woman's clothes, but not like outside woman's clothes, like nice green skirts or nice green tops or, you know, they should be able to feel feminine inside too instead of being de-womanized while they're in there at the same time being in a man's jail. Mm. Not very nice for anyone. No, yeah. It's and I've just, had a lot of no. horror stories. I've been through a lot of horror stories myself in the jail system. Mm. And it's hurtful because, you know, you can't get justice, especially in them boys' homes when I was younger. That that was inhumane. That, that I was treated like a, 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 a lousy dog, mm. you know, and I wouldn't even never treat my dog like that, darling, mm. you know, and put into cages like I was, in, like I was an animal. Mm. Not fed and, and you know raped and bashed and oh yeah we'll sweep it under the carpet we'll send it to the girls' home she'll shut them out. Mm. It's not about that you know it really isn't it. It's, it's about treating us girls with the respect that we need. Yeah we might be different but oh my goodness we, uh, we weren't asked to be born this way. This is who we are. You know it comes back to at the end of the day like I said before we're someone's daughter. Mm. You know, we're loved. And people have no right to think they can dehumanise us and take away 
um, take away anything that belongs to our body or any sort of memories that we think we can get back that we can't now because it's washed out of our heads by stupid things or stupid men that can't keep their filthy hands to themselves. Mm. Because it all falls back to the jail system that they put us in to begin with. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's just so much extreme violence that trans women and people, particularly of colour Indigenous, have to face in prison. It's totally outrageous and it shouldn't happen. Um, and you've been pushing for justice in New I South have, Wales. Um, I have been pushing yeah, for talk? justice in New South Wales and I won't stop. Mm. I won't stop, darling, until I get justice. Until I get justice for myself, till I get justice for Paris. Till I get justice for all the, the the unspoken for people that have that have been murdered mm. in jails like dogs. Yeah. You know, till I get justice for all them, because I won't give up my fight. Yeah. And you know, I, I I would really like for a few government people to sort of jump in on my side for once and help me, instead yeah. of having the big political mouths that they've got. You know, like that, like that. Uh, Bill Shorten, when he came to Lismore when we had the floods, I gave him a sausage. He ate the sausage like his political career depended on it. They only, they only stunt masters. That's all they ever do. They mm. don't want to fully get involved and help our people. No. They just want to worry about the next pay packet that's coming to their bank. Mm. And they say that, oh yeah, there's government grants out there to help you people and this and that and this and that. No, there's not. There's not. And I can say that for a fact that there's hardly any money whatsoever mm. put into black death in custody. No, there isn't, and there's no... As we... Yeah, as many people at the conference point out, there's no money for Aboriginal LGBTIQ people no, not. given... No, there's not. And we go to apply for money to help our communities, and we're denied it. We're denied it. But like Auntie, like Auntie said at the... Um, conference that that if it was a white person that went for the funding they'd get it straight away but because we're indigenous they won't give us the funding to help our own people out which is pretty because they see us as a lost cause you know and that's really really sad to think mm. that and at the end of the day we all bleed the same yeah yeah it's really unjustified um yeah, I and discriminate so. discriminatory. Um, yeah, you're also calling for community to support you. You have a, a GoFundMe, which I'll link to for I listeners. I do have a GoFundMe. Um, I will tell people a little bit about that, if people don't yeah. know. I'm in 2006. Um, I was the first transgender recognised to get breast cancer. So I'm also raising awareness for people that are transgender um, with breast cancer. Um, so I'm tr I've am i started a GoFundMe page to help myself to get my breast implants done because I have my breast removed because of cancer. Um, I'm very well now an activist. I do a lot of push and shove in the transgender community to get answers or to get what I want. Um, I have a lot of links with the Gender Centre. Um, I did a lot of flood work 29 days straight out for Lismore, New South Wales. So 
So I have one dream, and my dream is that at Christmas time when we have the Tropical Fruits March down Main Street, that I could finally wear my big Rio Carnival outfit with my pitch hanging out mm. with thank you written on my back to everyone that donated and helped me. Mm. It's, I've, because of my cancer since then, I don't own a mirror in my house. I don't look at myself. Um, it's very hard to sort of get through life knowing that my breasts are gone. So anyone out there that would like to help donate to help Liz Moore's Lily, I have a GoFundMe page. It's under um, helplizmoreslily.com GoFundMe. So I hope that you all find it in your hearts to sort of help me get along life a bit better. Um, and I also have a dream to get married. So... I know my kids would look really nice in a wedding dress. <laughs> mm. It's been a long road, um, a really long road. I went through chemo. They told me I was going to pass away. I, um, my father took me home and I took Aboriginal medicine and I went back to the doctor and he said, whatever you're taking, keep taking it. Um, the cancer had gone away. So I kept taking the medicine, and I've been clear of cancer ever since. Mm. Um, but the scarring that's left over, and I have to wear padding now, which is really embarrassing sometimes when I, you know, I can't wear bikinis and I can't live a normal mm. life like a normal girl. It's just pretty embarrassing. Yeah. So you know, it's it's dewomanized me a little. You know what I mean? But what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger and it's just made me put up another fight with something else. And to educate people that trans women do get breast cancer too. Mm. Yeah. And that girls out there, please, sisters, if you's all listening, or your Samoan sisters, or your Tongan sisters, or your Caucasian transgendered sisters, if you's all listening out there and you all have breast from hormones and things like that, Please get your breast checked because your breasts do matter. So, you know, you can always be at peace of mind because what I went through, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. So please, sisters, um, it's not embarrassing. It doesn't hurt like people say it does. <clears throat> and it won't hurt to go and get a breast scan. Mm. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone should talk to their GP um, if you need to do that. And you sh yeah, you yeah, totally deserve. Yeah, go and have a yarn, sit down, have a talk to the doctor. You know, ask him certain things. If you find lumps, please go get them checked straight away. Don't leave them for too long. No. And I just urge all the sisters out there just to take care of themselves and always be safe. Thank you. Yeah, and you, yeah, you totally deserve all the money for the fundraiser, and I hope we can try and amplify that, um, and it gets spread around some more. Um, and for people that may be tuning in now, you're listening to Queering Year on 3CR Community Radio, and I'm Iris, and I'm joined in the studio with Aletta, and thanks so much for your time and generosity. Um, I'm wondering if there's anything else you'd like to talk about? To a lot of the Indigenous communities, I would like to put my hand up 
and acknowledge all my ancestors in every single community down up and down New South Wales, right through Noongar, Noongar country, right through to Perth, right up to Alice Springs. I'd like to acknowledge every single culture that's, that's up and down them areas. I'd like to also acknowledge every single elders, past and present. And to my people in every single Indigenous community, there will be an answer soon. I promise you that. All the black deaths that are happening those in, in custody, there will be an answer for that. Mm. One day there will be an answer because I won't stop fighting. I won't give up my fight. And I won't give up my fight educating people on transgender cancer either with breast cancer. Mm. And traumatised children in Aboriginal communities. So I've got a lot to do. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much to keep going and fighting for. There is. Mm. There is. I'm very passionate about what I do, darling. I'm very passionate about my culture, my land and my spirit. And I just want everyone else to, to jump on board and sort of, you know, give us a hand with that too because it would be much appreciated, you know. Someone to stand in and say, all right, girl, come on, we've got the reins, let's do this. Give me more courage than what I've got so I can put up a bigger fight. Yeah. Yeah, you need all the support and... I do. Yeah, you deserve people to join you in these, in these struggles and yeah. Thanks so much, yeah, for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, darling. Place is mine. Yes, I was burned by Race Rage, and before that was a pre-recorded interview with Aletta Manton. Uh, definitely check out her GoFundMe, which I have a link to on the Quirinia Facebook page and on Twitter as well. I'm also now joined in the studio with Tracy. How are you going, Tracy? Hello, how are you? Okay, just a bit tired from that night, last night. Yeah, but I'm okay. <laughs> what did you do last night? Um, when you stay up later and then you get not enough sleep. Yeah. And then you just feel a bit groggy the next day. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I feel. Yeah. Okay, you'll be alright. Mm, yeah, I will be. Um, you're going to be, we're going to be talking to Danny Weber, Danny Boyce, um, later in the show today. Yeah, pretty excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I'd also like to talk about two protests that happened yesterday. Um, there was the protest against Channel 7, Enough is Enough, that was the title of the protest, and it was mm -hmm. more broadly against the dehumanising racist narratives in Australia around Sudanese mm -hmm. Australians, around African Australians, like this sort of anti-black racism. There was a lot of... It's a really powerful protest, and yeah. I... Yeah. Um, so definitely do all you can to combat all that. It was a really important protest to be at. Mm. Um, yeah, the other protest I went to yesterday was this protest. RMIT's holding this conference, held this conference that just, just gave a big platform to all these anti sex worker people and that sort of politics and it was pretty disappointing um to see that and it's also they're like these people like people from the australian christian lobby they 
Johnny up with these, well, I mean, like, inverted commas, radical feminists, and they're attacking sex workers, attacking trans people, and it's really concerning that this is happening, that these coalitions are building. But I think there was good at protest, had some people and we counted it, so it was good. Yeah. Mm. Um, and on that topic, I'm from the UK, Julie Bindle who, like, shares the sort of politics of the conference is here and causing... and last week, um, causing a lot of pain for people because of what she promotes, and readings hosted her last Thursday, and, um, yeah, it was pretty gross for readings to host her. Mm, so that's some things that have been going on. You're listening to Queering the Out, and I'm joined in the studio with Tracy, and now... Danny. Hello. Um, how are Hi. you? Good. Um, so we have Danny Weber with us. You, um, Danny is a drug performer and events producer, also known as Danny Boy. So um, we are so lucky to have you here, Danny. Thank you. Yeah. Um, no, I'm so happy to be here and yeah. I really love and respect the work you do here. Thanks for mm, having me. Thank you. So, um, as you know, I follow you everywhere on Instagram, social media. I'm like your little, I don't know. <laughs> How was your trip overseas? It was great. So I just recently got back from San Francisco. I was there for just 10 days. Oh, good. It was a whirlwind. Yeah. Um, but I lived there for a year and a half, and it was the first time I'd been back since I left. It was super good to reconnect with people, um, perform a whole bunch. And actually, I featured in um, a short documentary that was part of Frameline Film Festival. Um, so that was so wonderful to see the documentary on the huge screen. Oh, good. Yeah, and um, people can access the, doc the documentary on ABC iView if they wish to see it. Oh, good, good. So was that like work-related or just personal? So um, the documentary is called Danny Boy. Yeah. Um, so it's five minutes long, but um, yeah, it's about um, me being non-binary and being a drag king. Mm. And um, it was made as part of Love Bites yeah. to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Mardi Gras featuring oh, around nine queer artists. So yeah. I was one of the artists to be featured. It's really exciting. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really proud of the documentary. I feel like even though it's short, it encompasses a lot of who I am and why I do what I do. And yeah. um, to have that screened in the place where I started doing drag in the first place was just magical. Mm -hmm. So Danny Weber, AKA Danny Boy, I obviously really admire you for all these things that you do you're so powerful in your way and um uh you're very knowledgeable by the way so i don't know what to ask but i'll ask a few questions Perfect. and that is um about um i know that you work with um Project, Project Rocket. Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you can whisper on the radio. It's Project Rocket. <laughs> yeah. How is it going? So good. So Project Rocket is Australia's youth-driven movement against bullying, hate and prejudice. Yeah. Uh, I've been there a year and a half and for most of the time I've been running workshops in schools on anti-bullying, cyberbullying, social leadership. And recently I just became the head of programs. So oh, I'm really excited for that change. Oh my God, you deserve that. You're so hardworking, Danny. Thank you, Tracy. It's yeah. a big change, but I'm really excited to be leading the team now, going out to schools and mm. yeah, I'm um, helping make changes in the org and be more part of it, which yeah. is really exciting. So I know that you work with Cocoa Butter as well. And um, I've personally attended one of the events, which is awesome. 
like I literally attend it every day with what's going on every day. I wish the world could be Coconut Butter Club. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yes. Totally. Um, so tell us about it. Um, what is safe space? Mm. And um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, totally. So the Coconut Butter Club, it is what I'd call a safer space. It endeavors to be a space that, you know, can give us a break from the outside world day to day. Um, this country, it's been colonized, it's stolen land. There's so much white supremacy and racism. It's so unspoken about. And the Cocoa Butter Club is a chance for us to prioritize and center people of color, mm-hmm. indigenous and or people of color. And basically it's a performance night where it features solely indigenous and or people of color artists. Anyone can come and watch, but nice. we use a space to invert usual power dynamics and yeah. elevate people of color. Mm-hmm. Many people who've come have said, it's the first space I've ever felt prioritized and like they can celebrate and matter. Mm-hmm. And conversely for white people, sometimes it's the first time they've ever felt like a minority in quotes, oh. like, oh. or like, yeah, wow. first time they've ever felt what it's like to not be up the front, not be centered. It is so good. Thank you. I, yeah. I agree. And I think we um, create this space in the hope that yes, the world outside can be, become more equitable and just for mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. um and particularly people of color so for this night we have performances that can be political they don't have to be um anything they just can be to celebrate us and what i love as well is the mcs really kind of break down a bit of why we're here they might discuss current issues and hold people in the room accountable mm. wow so why is it important to have that space it's important because one, I think it gives us a break from the everyday. It shows us a life that we could have, a life that we deserve. Mm. Um, it's also great because I think a lot of people know they need to work on their anti-racism but aren't sure how. But by paying money and coming and supporting people of colour is one concrete way. By sitting and listening, sitting in any discomfort. I'm talking about white people here. Um, mm. That's, I think, wonderful activism because it's activism through art. So people go with their hearts open to learn and to enjoy and also to be challenged. Yeah. So um, I think this form of activism in conjunction with lots of other forms can really help us one day have a more equitable world. Yeah, wow. So um, Danny, how do you make a safe space? Ooh, good mm. question. Um, it's a challenge and we say, we actually say safer space because it's impossible to make a space 100% mm. safe. True. Yeah, um, for the Cocoa Butter Club, it looks like um, in the way we advertise, in the way that we promote and say it's for people of color, queer people of color to the front. We save seats up the front for them to come and sit and we welcome them oh, and encourage them. And um, also by saying to our artists, you don't have to censor yourself. You don't have to be palatable mm. or you don't have to make sure your art is not going to offend white people. You can be exactly who you need to be. And I got to say, this safer space has been pretty triumphant and pretty great for a long time. We had our recent show on Wednesday um, and that safer space was a bit compromised and it really broke my heart, uh, but it taught us a lot and made me even more invigorated to do what we can to keep it as safe as possible. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I was about to, sorry, you can go. You can. I was about to um, talk about the Wednesday event. Was it Wednesday or Thursday? Uh, it was Wednesday, yeah. 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 yeah um, so we've been running for a year and a half every mm. quarter. I've yeah. had, uh, it's been in the Melbourne Spiegel tent and they've been so amazing and supportive. And we've even had a huge showcase at the Arts Centre Melbourne as part of Midsummer. Yeah. Um, so this space is really recognised as 
one of the first of its kind in Australia and one of the like biggest and longest running right now. I uh, hope to see many more spaces like it too. Yeah. I think we're quite new here to having autonomous spaces, which means a space, well, it's not autonomous, but it's prioritising people of colour. So a space that um, inverts those social norms, which means that there's different social etiquette inside mm-hmm. and people are keen and excited to be there for that. Um, and for the most part, people have been really respectful. I've had some white people after some shows come up to me and say they felt really uncomfortable and they didn't like it and I should change something. And I'm like, that's not what this show's about. You can go yeah. to any other show. Yeah. This show is for us to feel like we can be as big and loud as we want to be and as angry as we want to be. Yeah. Like, I really get frustrated when people say, oh, it's all it's all about peace and love and we'll just have a better world if we all love each other. And I'm like, that we're not on an even playing field. There needs to be anger. There needs to be change. Yeah. It's not going to be fixed just through goodwill oh, okay. and love. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So um, on Wednesday, um, it was really unfortunate, but a whole bunch of people turned up who were white people that had dreadlocks. Ooh. And not, not everyone might be across this issue, um, but it's something that if anyone has interrogated their anti-racism, interrogated their whiteness, or have friends that are people of colour or care about these issues, they would have heard of this. Mm. Um, for white people to wear dreadlocks, it's really offensive. Oh. It's, it's really, um, especially to, to black folks, like, my understanding is that especially if someone has dread has dreadlocks and they're black, they can get discriminated against so easily. Um, they might not be hired for a job, they might be told that their hair is unprofessional. Um, but then a white person can do it and kind of be seen as cool and edgy and different. Yeah. And uh, I honestly some people are so ignorant to ignorant to this. Um but I think ignorance is a privilege. Um I'm yeah, I really um think that you can't use ignorance to defend your actions. I think we're all on a journey and it's yeah. okay to be told one day, actually this thing you thought was fine or edgy or cool is actually harmful He's to not, someone else yeah, and you can yeah. reconsider it. Yeah, true. So it was a really challenging situation though where it's like on the night these people turn up and I know that having them in the space would really compromise the safety because someone so openly using cultural appropriation even if inadvertently, mm. it sends the message to people of colour that they're not welcome. Mm. It sends the message to them that their culture can be taken from and worn. It wasn't even that. Someone was wearing a bindi as well, and I'm South Asian, and I find that really offensive just to wear it as a cute, fun accessory or to exotify and be like, I'm more spiritual now, you know? Yeah. It's really um, our culture's not a fashion accessory or something to use on your journey to self-discovery. Anyway, I could ramble on about that forever. Um, but, yeah, I think what was really challenging was trying to assert that the space is for people of colour and then um, and trying to explain this and then being in turn told that I was discriminating, that I was a racist. And I'm like, wow, you, your, your hair was one thing, but you really don't understand what racism is yeah. if you think I'm the one being yeah. racist. This is a safer space and you can go anywhere with that hair, but not here. This is why we're here. This is why we exist. What's the point otherwise? Right. Wow. I love how you fight for, you know, people of color. You're so passionate about it. Wow. It's just amazing. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah. Look, you know, I really, um, I'm so glad I've had the opportunity to learn about all this. As I said, in Australia, there's such silence around racism. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of dig and you have to learn. We don't get taught about it in schools. Um, I had the opportunity to learn a lot more in America as well. And just through my own personal convos with people close to me. And if I can use that knowledge to advocate for others, lift up others, I really want to. Yeah. Just how can you not? And hmm. right now, if I was to rank you, I feel like you are 110% there. 
Oh, thanks. Like, honestly. That's so sweet of you, Tracy. I- I'm so sorry. Am I, like, <laughs> no. overdoing it? But, yeah. No, I, yeah. I really appreciate that. And I'm still on a journey, but I think by having that humility too and saying, I don't know everything. I'm just trying mm. my best. That's what's... Yeah. That, if we... Honestly, it's hard to be attacked or hard to not feel like you're doing your best job if you just actually acknowledge, I'm, I am trying my best and I'm happy to be called out. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. I'm I've mucked up in the past too. Mm. I've done things that are prejudiced and awful too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, um, through through learning more and having an open heart um, and being willing to admit faults, so that's just the most important thing. And it can be confronting, but to turn back with anger or to turn back with entitlement and say, you know, it's I can I can go in any way. You can't turn me away. I love everyone. Like that's mm. not the point. It's it's are you committed to? putting effort in to undo these wrongs. Yeah. You know, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it means you can't have your hair exactly how you feel like yeah. it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm. So as we're almost winding up, I will just ask one last question. What can people do to help keep this space safe? Mm, great question. Um, <clears throat> so I'm thinking now it'd be really great to even draw up a detailed guideline of how yeah. white people can act and be. Um, yeah. I didn't think we had to. I was hoping they would do their own work and figure it out. But, mm. you know, um, as producers, we might look into that. Um, or maybe some white people can help me. Actually, I might get some white allies to help me write it yeah. and do that work. What's mm-hmm. been really great is, first of all, having some white people say, hey, how can I take this burden off you? Because yeah. i got to say, it was really a grueling night. I've only kind of just recovered. And... Um, yeah, it was really intense to be in the face of all that. So I think um, what can people do? They can, if they, they can listen, they can read, read yeah. the voices of people of colour. There's so much info online. Something I told yeah. these people is, hey, okay, I'm, I'm surprised you, you haven't heard of this, but please go away and Google it. There's heaps of info. It's yeah. not news. You know? even, even silence is is an answer. Yeah, yeah. so even just being quiet and sitting with it. So once you can find out the info, it's really there. You can read it. I, I've read about this stuff too. Go down an awesome Google rabbit hole, you know, find some info. Yeah. Then um, talking to other white people is good as long as people aren't colluding and just um, patting each other on the back. But talking about how you can meaningfully be allies to people in your lives. Yeah. It's a constant work, constant journey. And then in a space, um, what we do tell white people generally is, um, yeah, sit further up the back. Maybe don't be the loudest person cheering in the room. Maybe look at what other people around you and don't take up too much space. Yeah. Taking up space could be physical could be how you're standing running flailing your arms around or it could be um how loud you are as well and um just the space you step back from can give a space to a person of color because yeah. sometimes people of color we are quieter we are um sitting back a bit more we're used to being talked down to or silenced so yeah. really um it's that kind of whole affirmative action piece like putting mm. in extra effort to lift someone else up so that's my basic advice for inner space yeah buying a person of colour a drink, you know. Mm. And this is, I'm talking about race, but this goes for all different oppressions and marginalisations, trans people, people with disabilities, everything. So, yeah, Yeah. really thinking about our own privileges and interrogating who we are. Yeah. Um, And knowing that we didn't choose our privileges and oppressions, but we can choose what we do with it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Danny Weber. It's never enough time to have you, honestly. (laughs) Um, So if you'd like to follow Danny... Weber, mm-hmm. is that on Facebook? A um, couple of things. Um, Instagram is probably my favorite. I love sharing okay. photos, so yeah. you can search Danny Boy D A N I space B O I, and also on Twitter, um, yeah. Danny D A N I underscore Web One, um, and Danny Boy on Facebook. But yeah, yeah. And that um, f- uh, please follow the Cocoa Butter Club on Facebook if you'd like yeah. to come to our shows. We'd love your support. 
um, and just keep keep reading, keep learning, mm. keep curious. Yeah. Thank you so much, Danny. Thank you for Thanks, coming. Thanks, Tracy. You're wonderful. It was I'm really so nice to, to have here. you. <laughs> thank you for the yeah. gateway you're doing too, both oh, of you. Thank, oh, thank you. you. Thank you for being on. Yeah. Pleasure yeah. to have you. Um, next, I'm going to play Miss Blanks uh, with her track Skinny Bitches language warning for this song. Oh, one minute. Um, oh, yeah, one second. Okay. Danny boy, um, your grandma is turning... 75. Good. So do you want to give her a shout out? That's so lovely. I sure will. Um, I'm going to feel myself doing it too, just quickly. <laughs> She'll be so happy. Mama, happy 75th birthday. I'm on the radio wishing you a happy birthday. Love you so much. You're so inspiring. Thank you for accepting and loving me and constantly learning as well. Love you heaps. Okay. Mm. All yours, Iris. Okay. <laughs> You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.